Hello and welcome to Mashmouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, MASH. I'm Ethan. And I'm Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa, following up on last week where I watched one episode uh, via the DVD box set, we discussed briefly about how the show actually on the DVDs had like bonus features where you could watch the episodes without laugh track and how that was the kind of original intent of the creators and last week i couldn't quite figure out how to do that but this episode we watched i i ended up watching without the laugh track on the dvds and on hulu which is like remastered into hd widescreen with the laugh track and let me tell you they are a pretty wholly different experience that's crazy can you like Give give me give me some more. What what's so what is so different about it? I know you talked about last week, you talked about how it's kind of grainier and kind of not as remastered, I guess, for, you know, HD video. Um, is there anything else besides that that's more glaring? Well, so kind of getting into this episode because it's kind of hard to discuss it. Discuss the episode without the laugh track without discussing the actual episode. <laughs> yeah. This episode was called Dr. Pierce and Mr. Hyde, and after Hawkeye spends several days not being able to sleep, he goes from overworking as a surgeon to having this kind of existential crisis about the war. And let me tell you, without the laugh track, this episode plays so much more somberly. There are some somber moments in this episode, kind of dramatic moments of Hawkeye kind of having this existential crisis. But without the laugh track, it is pretty much a straight-up drama with occasional jokes. It's a completely different feel. Yeah, when you told me that you were going to watch this episode without the laugh track, and then I watched this episode with the laugh track, and I kept thinking back to, wow, I can't believe how much different this would be without, you know, kind of a chuckle from, like, a canned audience and stuff like that that it's almost the jokes in it because this is a this is a kind of quite a serious episode as well the jokes are kind of played more what's the word more like ironic i would say it's less funny and more just kind of irony and i i didn't watch it without the laugh track but like i said just thinking about it i'm like oh that you could definitely tell that it would hit a lot differently Like, skipping way ahead, uh, just kind of getting into what I thought was, like, the starkest difference is that there's a scene late in the episode where Hawkeye wants to write a letter to Harry Truman, like, asking why the war even exists, and Radar kind of misreads the letter that he writes and kind of like, oh, what's the Hallowcast? And Hawkeye says, like, oh, we have a word for that in English. It's called the Holocaust, and there's like a hard laugh track in the like Hulu episode, but without uh without the laugh track, this whole scene is like way more serious and way more like sad and ca- you can really feel uh Hawkeye's like deliriousness of it. It's so strange and it's so weird that just the absence of like a recorded bit of canned laughter can completely change the tone yeah and it's interesting too because 
I think I mentioned this last week too, and we mentioned it before on the podcast, that this is, without the laugh track, that was how the show was kind of intended to be Mm -hmm. uh, consumed. And so it's really interesting to go back and like see how the creators wanted it to be viewed by the audience and yeah it's like it definitely does not again i did not watch it without the laugh track so i'm speaking completely out of turn but just being able to Mm -hmm. imagine it you can imagine that it would be like a completely different show yeah because you know there are videos on youtube of people editing out the laugh track from like shows like the big bang theory and friends and they play just kind of awkwardly. Yeah, it's like cringy, right? Yeah, those shows are like performed to the space that the laughter provides. So when you cut that out, there's like five seconds of them just standing there doing nothing <laughs> that is like just naturally filled by laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this show, they were not performing on like a, a stage with an actual audience there. They're like actually out. Uh, somewhere right they were they were on like a set they weren't performing to the laughter the laughter was put in later so Mm -hmm. when you remove the laughter it just plays like a drama with occasional jokes i know i already said that but it's true it kind of goes from a sitcom to a completely different format at least for this episode maybe a more like wacky light-hearted one would play more like a sitcom without a laugh track there are many sitcoms now without a laugh track But this particular episode was, like, really heavy, and I felt really bad for Hawkeye in a way that, like, I don't think you're intended to with the laugh track. You're supposed to kind of be like, oh, this is kind of a funny situation, and it's a little serious, but it's not, like, dramatic. But this one, you kind of, like, feel Hawkeye's, like, desperation to figure out what is going on with the war, And, like, him trying to go to sleep and just not being able to. That brings me back to kind of the the top of the episode. So I wanted to ask you, regardless of the laugh track in it, what did you think about this episode? Did you enjoy this episode? Yes, I enjoyed this episode both ways. I think without the laugh track, it is a superior version. But it's still a very good episode, regardless of how you watch it. I... I really liked the journey that Hawkeye goes on because he kind of changes his goal throughout the episode in his kind of delirious state and it works really well. And the conclusion, uh, I thought it did a good job of taking this really somber kind of exploration into, you know, war, what is it good for, to making it like funny again. They, they did a good job of like handling that. Uh, What do you think of this one? I also really liked this episode as well. I was honestly really surprised that this episode came right after last week's episode for the good of the outfit because we'll get into it a little bit later, but there were some major anti-war messages and to have those two even though this was a little bit more subtle than for the good of the outfit to have them really like back to back like that was pretty hard hitting and I can't imagine that the studio was really happy with that so I really really enjoyed this episode but I was quite surprised that it came so soon after another really really anti-war episode I guess we should get into kind of more of the plot of the episode at this point Yes, uh, but I agree. It is kind of an interesting double bill of these two Mm -hmm. 
kind of very hard-hitting episodes. And this one is a little more goofy, a little bit more comedy, and like a little more situational. But I 100% agree, especially in my experience of watching it as a drama with jokes. So it's like, my goodness, they are not a sitcom this season so far. Like, they've kind of drifted away from that already. Yeah, definitely. So to get into the episode, we first see Hawkeye and Trapper in the OR after this, like, it seems to be a particularly grueling uh, stint. And... Hawkeye says something along the lines of like, where's my next patient? Like, bring him to me. Like, who took my patient? This, that, and the other thing. He's obviously very, very tired. But for me, I wasn't sure if this was something along the lines of, remember when Hawkeye and Trapper were plotting to get R&R and Hawkeye was going Mm. quote unquote crazy. I was like, is this another kind of like prank that he's pulling? What's going on right now? Right. That's true. This does kind of open with Hawkeye being out of character a little bit. Because he is a good doctor. He's good at what he does, but he never wants to work. So it is kind of odd to see him be like, I want just to work and there's, I want to work my fingers to the bone. Uh, but that's like the, the sleeplessness kind of taking him. Yeah. That's a really good point. They could have totally played this as Hawkeye doing a scheme. Uh, that's re- I didn't even think of that. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, that was the first thing that came to my mind because, you know, he was, I think he was still kind of within his right mind more so now than he is later on in the episode. But I I definitely was a little bit suspicious going into these first like two seconds of the episode of like, what's he trying to pull here? That's fair. That's probably what Frank <laughs> is thinking too. True. They do say at this point, I forget if it's after they go back into surgery when they're in the swamp, but Hawkeye has done like 20 hours of surgery at this point. And for anyone who's been up for like 24 straight hours, especially doing like grueling mental work like surgery, it's not just like standing and like looking at a wall for 20 hours. It's you have to use your head. That's a lot. That poor man needs sleep. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I've stayed up late. And have had trouble, like, writing essays for school. I can't imagine (laughs) trying to repair a human being in a delirious state. So when we first watched this, you hadn't watched the episode with the laugh track. So I did notice that there was when Hawkeye was being wheeled um, away from the OR by radar because he had done, like, I don't even know, like, three or four stints of surgery at this point. There was a pretty prominent laugh track, and I wondered oh, yeah. how that played off without the laugh track. I mean, it's still comedic. Uh, they they were not trying to make it, you know, the somber existential war crisis quite yet. Because, you know, Hawkeye's being wheeled through the camp, and he's, like, saying hello to this gaggle of nurses, which I thought was very funny. That he was trying mm-hmm. to figure out what to call a group of nurses. Uh, but it does it did play differently it played more like uh i always compare the show to house sometimes but Mm -hmm. it does it does play more to house where that show is very funny but it's not a comedy it's just a show with jokes and without the like laughter button it it does kind of play more as like a casual like oh that's that's kind of witty that's kind of funny type of humor in this otherwise like more serious situation Like I said at the top, I was trying to kind of block out the laugh track, knowing that you were also watching without the laugh track. So 
I was trying to perceive it as it would be without the laughing in it. And I was wondering if that without the laughter in this scene and scenes after this, if that kind of gave more emphasis on the fact that Hawkeye was really, really tired or if it was more just like, oh, that's still funny. Early on like this, again, the scene is more just straight comedic. But as it goes on without the laughter, Alan Alda's performance as Tired Hawkeye really shines through. Mm-hmm. He genuinely pulls off being this kind of half-awake, kind of zombified, but like energetic, working purely on adrenaline performance very well. It does play very differently because a lot of the stuff that he like says while being tired is punctuated with like laugh track, laugh track, laugh track. But without that, it's just kind of sad. Like it's he's still mm-hmm. saying jokes, but it's a lot kind of more tense and you feel bad for him because you're like, oh, you need you need to go to sleep. And you're just running off of like your basic reptile brain right now, kind of not <laughs> knowing what's going on. Like shortly after this, we go to a scene where it's Hawkeye wakes up Trapper in the middle of the night and asks him like, why are we here? I just figured out that there's a war going on. And granted, the scene with the laugh track, it does play pretty sparingly. They don't like yeah. punctuate it as the funniest thing ever. But it's waste. It's so somber without any laughter. Yeah, that's what I had noted as well, that the laugh track was used very sparingly in this scene and then in a scene um, coming up. And I feel like that was used to, at least for me as the audience, it did two things. Just kind of showed us that Hawkeye was not kidding. Like I said, we had seen Hawkeye pull these like pranks before of having an ulterior motive for kind of like going crazy. And to me, this just kind of showed that that wasn't happening and that also it did take on a more serious tone because he was kind of talking in this philosophical sense of there's a war going on like who started this why are we here etc etc like I think that there's a laughter after Hawkeye says like oh did two guys get together and like slap each other or something along Mm -hmm. those lines but when it isn't punctuated with anything it plays so sincere he is just so honestly asking all of these questions it's crazy we can go back after i mentioned this but skipping ahead hawkeye eventually goes to frank's like seminar that i guess he holds every week Mm. uh talking about the war and kind of giving propaganda of like why they're in korea and uh, again when hawkeye stands up and eventually does get his question answered because frank you know at first is like you're gonna goof on this and he's just so honest and genuinely concerned of like why they're even here in the first place and frank is like i don't know north korea sucks they don't have any bathrooms not to like over repeat myself but it does have a completely different tone to it you feel a lot more stressed watching it than you i think would otherwise i actually do have a lot to say about this scene too because i feel like it hits at 
or it gets to the idea of why I was kind of so shocked that this episode came out right after a very critical war episode, because that's not something that we saw a lot in the first season when they would have one of those harder hitting messages about being anti-war and warfare, et cetera, et cetera. They would always follow it up with a pretty comedic episode. And even though this was kind of comedic, um, especially with the laugh track, this scene with Frank just hit me really, really hard. Mm-hmm. I 100% see that. This was, scene was kind of hardcore. It was. And I'm sure especially without the laugh track, too, um, because I feel like it was kind of getting to the core. It was probably getting to more of the core of the message that I think that they were trying to get across in this scene because... It starts out with Frank literally explaining why America is involved in the Korean War. And then Hawkeye is clearly expressing this more philosophical question of like, why are we fighting a war? Like, what's the point of war, basically? And I also really enjoyed how the writers did this really subtle thing with Frank's follow up to Hawkeye's question of why are we here? Who started this? And he said something along the lines of, you know, we're fighting communism and you know, I really didn't care for the idea that, you know, the Koreans are like dirty uh, because that's kind of the vibe that I was getting from Frank, which mm-hmm. obviously is not true. And it went to this idea of like why we were, why America historically was actually in Korea and Vietnam was through this like proxy because of like a proxy war between the U.S. and the Soviet Union and democracy and communism and that influence and stuff. So I really thought that this scene was really beautifully, beautifully done. And like I keep saying, I'm sure it hit even harder and that message was drove home even more without the laugh track. Yes, it 100% was. Like Frank calls them like filthy communists, like godless communists or something like very, is the word jingoistic? I'm not sure if that's the word. But very kind of like propaganda-esque where he's just kind of repeating lines that you would hear and like, we're here because we're like doing God's work, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But with you saying that like Frank kind of insinuated that they were like filthy, the, the sticking point that the episode kind of lands on is that Frank is like, They've never even had a bathroom until now. They want to destroy our country because they want what we have. And as like a joke, not in character, but like as a joke for the episode, Hawkeye becomes obsessed with the bathroom idea of like, oh, everything Mm -hmm. will be solved if we give them a bathroom. And that went a long way to like making this pretty dire discussion about Again, like war, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Play a bit more comedically of him literally trying to send them a bathroom. I thought that was like (laughs) a good way of bringing it back to being, you know, a fun episode and not this like existential war drama. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're we're basically at the end of the episode at this point and we'll we'll skip back to kind of the middle but after that hawkeye decides that he is going to give the officers latrine to the north koreans and what i thought was really funny about this as well um was that trapper goes into henry's office and says listen like we have to do something about hawkeye he's literally about to pull our officer's latrine to the north korean side and henry's sitting there contemplating whether it would actually work like well where are we gonna go to the bathroom then (laughs) (laughs) again really fun it's such a dumb gag but it's really funny to me 
uh, when at the very end of the episode when he actually does pull it away with General Clayton inside, by the way, because General <laughs> Clayton shows up. We haven't mentioned that yet. Uh, it really reminded me of, I think, the second episode when they fly Henry's desk out of his <laughs> office. Uh, just that kind of like absurd, perfect sitcom moment of like, here's a funny thing happening on screen. Look at it. It's pretty visually funny. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so funny that you mentioned that because that's what I was thinking as well. This yes. idea of um, <laughs> the the desk flying over. And I think I mentioned in that episode that the, the scene of the desk flying over was so quintessential mash to me. And the pulling of the latrine was also such a mashism in my mind because it's just so <laughs> zany and so strange that it would only happen on mash. <laughs> yeah. We've said it before, and we'll say it a million times, this show strikes such a good balance between being a drama and a comedy. Because when Absolutely. it wants to be funny, they do genuinely funny things. And when they want to ask questions about the military and the war, they can do that just as well. So you mentioned that General Clayton shows up, and he is in latrine when Hawkeye decides that he's going to try to... <laughs> do a peace gesture to the North Koreans and give them a bathroom. <laughs> so General Clayton shows up because, like you mentioned before as well, Hawkeye sends a telegram directly to, like, Harry Truman, who was the president at the time, and also he, like, CC'd the, uh, the, <laughs> someone in the United Nations. So he really, really did a number on the 4077 here. Um, so and all the act was, like, who's responsible? I think that's his entire letter. I wanted to talk about that, actually, because I see the who's responsible signed a dissatisfied customer quoted so much in the MASH fandom that it's like, it's almost lore, I feel, at this point. And I feel like that also was such a critique on the war as well. And I thought that it was very well done because it was very just quick and not subtle, but also kind of subtle. I don't know. I, I just really liked this mm -hmm. line of who's responsible, sign a dissatisfied customer. It's just so good. And I also wanted to, first of all, I wanted to ask what you thought about that. And second, I wanted to talk about this scene like right before he sends this message to Truman. No, this scene was really good. I like the, the message as well that who's responsible is very simple and clean and can be read as like funny uh, if you're like looking for it to be a sitcom kind of like what's the simplest question that you could possibly ask the president of the United States about a war is who's responsible is so like goofy but also that perfect kind of satire of being like hard hitting if you're looking at it the right way. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, you know, they, they say, <laughs> who killed the world? And it's it's a simple question. But the mm -hmm. answer, if you're looking to answer it philosophically, can be a deep question. It's very good. Yeah, I really liked how Hawkeye kind of just boiled it down to thinking in this kind of fugue state of his from lack of sleep of like, there has to be one person who did something to make us all here. And it's just this whole combination of things that we kind of see the writers address in that scene um, in the mess tent with Frank. 
But yeah. to go to the scene that was like right before this, right when Hawkeye walks into Radar's quarters and wants to send this telegram, he is talking to Radar and he gets really, really upset. Like he talks about these songs that were written during World War II and he starts to cry. And I thought that this was amazing acting from Alan Alda. And I don't know who did the makeup for this scene, but Alan Alda's eye, like you could tell he's exhausted or he looks exhausted. Amazing. Incredible performance Mm -hmm. in this scene. Without laugh track, I think it's sparingly in the actual like broadcast episode either way. But it's it's so sad and again has this like tenseness to it where you feel like like Hawkeye could just snap at any moment, like pass mm-hmm. out or kind of completely go off the rails. It's a really good performance. I would I don't know the, the Emmy situation of this year, but if I was nominating Alan Alda for an Emmy, granted I haven't seen the whole season. But I would give him an Emmy for this episode because his tired performance, I think, is so well done. It would have been very easy to kind of give a more exaggerated comedic performance. But I feel like he was just so, it felt so real that he was genuinely delirious and kind of out of it throughout the entire episode. It was really good. Yeah, absolutely. And then right after this scene where he sends a telegram too, he is looking absolutely exhausted, like I said. And there's something in his eyes, like I think that they did put like red rims around his eyes, but there's something that you can't, not that you can't fake it because obviously he was acting, but that just goes to show that it didn't seem fake. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like I said, in this next scene, Henry is so pissed off at Hawkeye because he's like, you've been awake for like 24 straight hours three days this week and it was insane i don't don't think that the body can go that long without sleeping i I really don't know without like collapsing but the idea that he was also working on people uh, that's scary that's very scary which i cannot imagine is safe by any degree even if hawkeye is the best doctor in the world no (laughs) but then we get um we learn that general clayton is coming to I guess, like, kind of investigate of what the heck is going on because no one should really be sending telegrams to uh, Harry Truman. Or at least not semi-critical telegrams. <laughs> is it telegram or telegraph? I don't even know. I think it's tel- telegram? Telegram. I, I think it's tele... Darn, tele- I don't know. <laughs> Us youngs. Ugh, we, we're just so... We're just, with our Gen Z-esque inability <laughs> to know things. <laughs> so one thing i noted from this and this is a very these are two very very small things because we've already talked about the end of the episode right we're (laughs) we're in like the middle here last episode when general clayton had come to the camp to talk to hawkeye and say listen you know cool it with these threats to the u.s military his drink of choice was sherry and ginger ale and that was brought up again in this episode where Henry said, make sure we have enough sherry and ginger ale. And, you know, there was this whole exchange with him and Radar. And then the other thing that I wanted to note was Hawkeye, right before he went into Frank's mess tent talk, 
went to Margaret's tent and asked where Frank was. And he walked in and her dyeing her roots. And I thought that was really funny. I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I felt it was a really funny throwback to the movie with like Margaret not being a real blonde thing. And I immediately triggered in my mind. Yeah, (laughs) that was. Oh, that's a really funny callback. First of all, I have to mention that I think General Clayton's like a regular character so far. I think he showed up in every episode. That's really funny. But yeah, this scene with Margaret's really interesting because it's kind of a subversion of the usual Frank and Margaret thing. Because Hawkeye goes straight to Margaret's closet expecting <laughs> Frank to be there and he's not. And Margaret's just genuinely like, what are you doing? I don't understand. Even though like <laughs> they've been through this before. Yeah, because I was going to say, I was like, wait, is Frank actually going to be in like her wardrobe or... <laughs> And then we discussed how Hawkeye decided that he was going to give the latrine to uh, North Korea. But I wanted to talk about um, the end of this episode, like the pre-credits scene of this episode, where Hawkeye is just completely assed out. And (laughs) Henry and Trapper are playing poker. And they talk about... Henry says something along the lines of like, why did why does he act like this? And Trapper says something to the effect of as a young man, he took an oath not to let anybody die or something like that. Talking about the Hippocratic Oath that doctors take. Henry says, hey, listen, I took the same oath. And I liked this idea that there were these two approaches to how these doctors act one more regular army and one, you know, kind of crazy like Hawkeye. I wasn't sure what they were trying to exactly say there, but I really I really liked this last post scene. Well, I think what they were trying to say, and this is just my interpretation, is that Hawkeye was behaving like this because he was so uh, exhausted that he was just operating on his, like, absolute base of a character. Like, this is just him at a pure level. This is kind of, like, his id. So his, like, natural being is, like, I guess such a doctor. He's like, I need to save everyone. And I don't think it was necessarily saying that, like, someone like Henry wouldn't act like this when Mm -hmm. he's exhausted. But Hawkeye was put into this kind of circumstance where he was pure and unfiltered in a way that many people probably do not experience. Uh, that's how mm-hmm. I how I kind of took it. I didn't think it was saying that, like, Henry was a bad guy or, like, an inferior doctor to Hawkeye. This is just Hawkeye at his base doctor level being exaggerated. Yeah, I didn't really take it as Henry being, like, a lesser doctor. I just took it as their approaches were very much different um, because they're different people. But it's really interesting that you bring that up because I noted right before this scene where Henry gets pissed at Hawkeye and tells him, you know, listen, you've been up for too many days. You need to take a nap. Um, There's more choppers, obviously, because Hawkeye's in the OR again. And... He has this really terrified look in his eyes and then immediately just like switches to doctor mode and starts like barking out orders for this chest case that he sees that comes up to him. And so that is really interesting that you say like at his core, he's just like kind of a doctor. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't praise this episode enough. I thought it was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I just I, I loved every aspect of it. 
Ooh, so I can't wait for you to give it a four out of five martinis, and then I'll be like, no, it's better than that. <laughs> uh, but anyway. No, speaking of martini <laughs> ratings, though, I do give this a five out of five. This Ooh. is so, so good. I think I think I might have to go lower than you. I think it's a 4.5 out of five for me. I think it's like That's right fair. on the line. Because last episode was so, so hard hitting that mm-hmm. having this episode be a little bit more goofy... I think, uh, you know, not that being goofy is a bad thing, but I think it wasn't as like perfect execution as the previous one. But this one's also really good. But you stick with your five out of five. Don't change it on my account. I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. And my justification for that, not that I need to justify me liking MASH to you, but my justification for it is that I really, what clinched it for me was this scene in the mess tent with Frank. Because And I definitely could have been reading into it maybe like a little more than intended, but I really just liked the subtlety of the history of basically U.S. involvement in wars like Korea and Vietnam. Um, mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what really drove that five stars home for me, or five martinis home for me. <laughs> You're blackout drunk in this episode where Hawkeye couldn't sleep. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. <laughs> but... Uh, before we get closing, I just want to mention the scene where he does pull away the latrine again. Uh, that <laughs> Trapper gives Hawkeye like this martini with like sleeping pills in it or something mm-hmm. along those lines to make him crash. They say afterwards, once he is asleep, that he drove 500 feet before just passing out. And I think that's such <laughs> a funny thing. He made it 500 feet before just done it's so funny to me that's such a funny visual (laughs) (laughs) so vanessa do you have any trivia for us i do so this is pretty interesting so both of the songs that hawkeye sings to radar were real songs one of them was i'll be home for christmas which was written for the soldiers who were overseas at christmas time during world war ii you know that was kind of alluded to but then that other song that he sings it's called the fuhrer's face um, which was originally called Donald Duck in Nutsy Land, which, Whoa. holy shit. Um, so that was an anti-Nazi propaganda film theme song produced by none other than the Walt Disney Productions. And I thought that that was so, so crazy. I When I was researching this, I just, I was appalled. <laughs> Vanessa, I'm going to send you this short film of Donald Duck waking up and being a Nazi. It is one of the craziest. It's on YouTube, I think. It is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And I didn't realize that this was uh, from that film. Absolutely wild piece of anti-war propaganda produced by the Walt Disney Corporation. You would not imagine even them doing that remotely today but it is one of the craziest films i think i've ever seen it's so bizarre and it's such like a weird but strong message to it so so crazy i i was i was when i clicked on the articles for that song i was shocked it was honestly so strange but <laughs> on top of that, I do also have um, some trivia about Herb Valand, who played General Clayton. And this is actually General Clayton's last episode. What? So, really? 
Yeah. What? So Herb Valand um, got his start in acting on Broadway. He guest starred in many TV roles, even before MASH, like Bewitched and in a show called Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, which I've actually never heard of. He also guest starred on an episode of Trapper John M.D., not as General Clayton, but as somebody else, which I thought was very, very interesting. And for film, he's best known for his role in Airplane. So now we've had two Airplane alums on MASH. So I thought that that was nice, very interesting. Nice. Oh, man. I can't believe this is last episode. He Again, I just said he was such like a regular character. He was showing up every every time he got. Yeah, he was in every single episode so far in this season. So that's really interesting. <laughs> I know they have a General Barker. But after he leaves, do they still have the general show up or do they not really acknowledge the general's existence? I can't be sure. Uh, They have General Barker and General Hammond, which I don't think General Hammond's mentioned again. But yeah, I think that they more like make references. They might make references to General Clayton. They might make references to General Barker as well. I'm not entirely sure, but we'll we'll see as as the show goes on. So... Just to wrap up, uh, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob Friabelko for being our technical consultant, Vanessa's sister, Melissa, for awesome cover art, and of course, our listeners. Our music, social media, and contact for the show are linked in the description, and join us next week for our discussion of Kim. Until then, drag a bathroom 500 feet before passing out. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone.